Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, welcome to the the Dougcast, the, the Strickland mailbag, the Doug Sack, the whatever you guys want to call it. I'm Drew. Dallas is here with me. We got mailbag questions, but we also just watched an overtime game, and that's when we're recording. So you're gonna get a little bit like of both, like <laughs> game review and mailbag. It's gonna be fun, Dallas. I never doubted for a second. Knicks are three and one. Woo-woo. I don't know, man. They, I, I thought that was going to slip away for some reason. Made it like it was fucking climbing Mount Everest to beat Dennis Smith Jr. led Hornets. Yeah, like I, like I didn't know what was going on. Like, like this game was wild. Yeah. Uh, I have lots of thoughts, lots of thoughts. Before we get started, I do have to make an announcement that Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland that I do every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where I rant and rave about, the, or sorry, not where I rant and rave about the Knicks anymore, but where we all rant and rave about the Knicks even more. Uh, you also get access to the Doug, a.k.a. Drew Steele-hosted mailbag. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, where I personally rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Cuntley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on a pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly, one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Can we? I still find it amazing that uh, who was it? PJ Washington. That was like the most technical of technical foot on the line two pointers. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, right, like, was, like Ubre. oh, Ubre took the shot. I thought PJ Washington took the shot. I thought it was Ubre because Ubre got the technical for it right after when he was like complaining, right? I don't know. No, Ubre got the technical of when Cam slapped it off his hip. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and then PJ hit the uh, hit the shot. But yeah, it was just like because like like Clyde was saying like when the shoe presses down, it's on the line. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. like, but it wasn't on the line before the press down. Like it was just like one of those things. It's like, it, well, technically, <laughs> technically on the line. <laughs> oh, I was so happy to uh, benefit from that. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. I felt like uh, we finally figured out who in the uh, ref headquarters to send the checks to because, like, this was a very friendly ref game, I thought. I thought we got a lot of votes. Um, I'm not going to complain. Nope, nope. <laughs> Listen, I've, been, I've been on the receiving end of too many terribly cr- like ref games against the uh, the Knicks. I'm not. Like, I'm not when, I'm... when do you get to say that? It's not too often. Yeah, so like I'm like you. If someone's like the refs helped you guys or whatever, it's like yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I actually do think there is something like about being a better team and having better players that like. I think so as well. Yes, and we've just been bad for so long that they're like, "I'm not, I'm not fucking giving the corpse of Jarrett Jack the benefit of the doubt." Or like, "Yes, I'm not giving Sasha like Sasha Vuj as I don't give a fuck about Aaron Oflalo or whatever it is, whatever bum we have." (laughs) Yeah, but like now it's like because like Jalen Brunson's here, and it's pretty much like well, Jalen Brunson plays the right way and all that sort of stuff, and it's like. It kind of like bleeds into the next. Like he is, he's he's the guy. Yeah, and he got. Yeah, I think he got some some good league wide cred from his playoff performance last year too. Um, that looks so far to be <laughs> real. Uh, it was it was re- it was real all year for Dallas, right? Like it was real all year, and we saw glimpses of it two years ago too. Yeah, and then they're just like, now nah, we're not going to pay you, which is wild to me. Yeah, they're crazy. They're crazy. My favorite is that, like, well, what what actually is uh, the Mavericks' r- record right now? Uh, I'm curious. Let's see. They are oh one and two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. So, like last year, the wit like with or without you stats with uh, without Brunson, like the the team was better with Brunson than without. But the yes. uh, the team was worse with Doncic than without. So I, it's to, it's totally a crazy conspiracy theory, but it's like fun to think that it was like Brunson and not Doncic driving. But it it does sound really funny to like frame it that way. Like we know it's not. It's just like the two of them basically. It's like the two of them work well together. Like that was the thing. Like that's the thing you they should have explored, and they were just like, nah, we're good. We're not going to pay, and it's just like you. You really did lose a guy, though. Like, at, like they, like he's a guy. Like he's he's he, he's legit. Very good player. He's a very good player. Yeah, they, they bungled that big time. The, the whole thing. Oh man! And then there was RJ. This I think this was funny because before we uh, Dallas and I literally started recording, I was like, "You do know Julius Randle shot worse." <laughs> Than R.J. Barrett, but Barrett didn't make any of the timely shots that Randall did, and Dallas was like, "No, of course not. Randall shot well." <laughs> I thought I thought Randall shot better than than R.J., but did not. Um, Which is hilarious to think because that's the vibe you got, right? Like that's the vibe it was. R.J. didn't make his shots, but Randall was. And but like in the entirety of the game, that wasn't the case, and it was just it's just wild to consider. How this game went? Yeah, yeah. Um, can we? Yeah, let's get into a few. Can we get into a few things? Let's go. Let's get into it before we do mailbag stuff. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about the defensive scheme a little bit. So like, um, well, first of all, let's just talk about the defense as a whole. There was a lot of just mental errors. The number of times so many. and Fournier got back cut. Um, fortunately, the Hornets missed a lot of them. Although they got a few too. But <sighs> constantly, the both of them 
losing track of Gordon Hayward or Jaden McDaniels. Um, just <laughs> really unacceptable. But, but but that's okay. So that's on the players. But then on Tibbs on the scheme side, um, I get coming into this year after Mitch's year last year, his season last year, not being quite ready to give him a more responsibility in the in the defense. So, you know, we started off with a very similar scheme that we've used for the last couple of years, really over helping on penetration. Um, and I get that because like what we saw from Mitch last year, it was not always the best, right? Um, yeah. Especially early on. So you're like, well, okay, what are we going to get? But I feel like Mitch right now has demonstrated the ability to take on a bigger role and mm-hmm. over helping is give, it's costing us in that starting lineup so many open threes. Too um, many. Yeah, so just constantly open threes. Um, and teams aren't even taking advantage of it as much as they could. But mm-hmm. um, the the uh, the Grizzlies really beat us that way. Really, we're taking advantage of the scheme. But tonight there was um, two plays in particular. One, uh, Fournier, it was schematic. So it's not him, you know, like screwing up or anything like that. Uh, Tibbs has him come all the way down into the restricted zone. Literally mm-hmm. in the restricted area, two feet in the restricted area. When Mitch is there guarding the guy, like waiting to offer help defense, um, and Fournier was not like helping on Mitch's man or anything like that. He's just coming down to clog up the paint, and as a result, um, they kicked the ball out and got a wide open three. Um, I think it was a McDaniel's three again, and uh, Fournier just had no hope of recovering. Right, because he's too far away, and he's not athletic enough for that. It's not that's not his fault. That's just how he is. And our perimeter <laughs> defense is not good enough in that starting lineup to cover for that. Um, RJ and Brunson, uh, RJ especially has been bad this year. But RJ and Brunson just, uh, I think Brunson tries a lot, right? Um, but they're just they're just not good enough uh, to cover up mistakes like that, or excuse me, not mistakes, the the scheme like that. Really, uh-huh. what they have to do is. Um, over rotate, they have to rotate and help and cover it, and then Fournier has got to get out to their man, and it's just not been happening. And I think at this point, uh, Mitch has been so dominant; he's been really good, really, really good. Um, I think it's time to give him more responsibility and to go to a more, maybe not quite as extreme, but a closer to the Utah Jazz Rudy Gobert style defense. Um, uh, or I mean, you know, honestly, I think. Uh, like well, at least when Mitch is uh, in the one-five pick and roll, and for other stuff, when guys are driving, just let Mitch be the sole help. You know, you don't need to send three other guys to the paint when Mitch is down there. Um, maybe one guy to help on Mitch's man to help the helper. But you don't need to send three every time anymore. Mitch has proven he can handle it. I was just letting you do your thing, which I really appreciate, which was great and all, but you can't defend Fournier tonight for fouling out. With no, no. a soft you ass garbage. Can you can defend Fournier, but you can't. Def- Fournier can't defend. I'm just saying. No, I'm making it, that. That's his defense cool. was so trash. Yeah, it was real bad. So trash. He. There was one play he gave like some soft foul. And he fell. But like it wasn't. I was like, he's not in front of. Fournier was really on one. And why on earth did why on earth did Tibbs go back to Fournier? I don't like, know. It, like, it, none of it makes do, The clear move to do. So I don't even hate him sitting quickly for a second there. Quickly made a couple poor decisions, I thought. Um, he When he had the turnover, when he kicked it out, I thought he did a great job getting to the rim. 
but he should have either tried to take the shot. It would have been a really tough squeeze or Obi was open in the other corner and he made the wrong decision and Mm -hmm. he made a turnover. And I don't even mind if Tibbs wants to sit him there for a minute or two and even give him a minute or two of rest because last game he played him like 15 minutes straight to end the game. (laughs) If you go to overtime, you're looking at like 20 minutes straight. Like it's just, you can't do that. So you have to give him some rest. So I don't mind that. But what you do is, in my view, is you just let Cam stay in and play the three there. Um, or the or the two, depending on how you want to do RJ Cam, whatever they're basically interchangeable, and then you bring quickly back in for Cam to finish the game, right? But yes. I, uh, going with Fournier there was ridiculous, and I, I think it really did almost cost us the game. He was having a really bad game, it's clear, terrible game. But I think a lot of it why Tibbs. I don't think it was quickly play because I thought quickly was quite good tonight. Mm-hmm. I think the reason Tibbs didn't do it is because he literally. Literally before every fucking game, I think it goes out on the court with a ruler and measures every opponent player, every opposing player, so that he can ensure that they're guarded by a player of equal or greater height up from his team. Because he is so afraid of putting a smaller guy on a bigger guy. So Kelly Oubre is the guy he's terrified of having Emmanuel quickly on. Like, oh my goodness, the great, fearsome, offensive talent that is Kelly Oubre is going to just, like, bully Emmanuel quickly. The fierce post-warrior, Kelly Oubre. I, I honestly don't understand that at all. Um, it was mind-boggling that he went back to Fournier. So much of that type of style of playing mismatches in the NBA is pretty much not that existed anymore right like that type of you you see it when rj is supposed to be bullying someone in the post because he's bigger and stronger but isn't making those shots for whatever reason but but like but you know what i'm saying like that's who it's for like that type of shot like to understand kelly Oubre isn't none of those wings are going to go in and do post work like that like it's just it's not happening like they don't have it's not their skill. It's not their footwork. It's not what they do for a mismatch. Like, you need to recognize not just height, but, like, who the height is. Like, yeah. there's someone thicker. Like, yeah, you don't want to do it. Because, like, Jalen Brunson could post up because he's short and stocky. Like, that works for him. It works for RJ because he's stocky. If you're, like, the lanky guy, like, posting up doesn't work. It, just, it never really does. For most players, you're winning as a defense if they're going to try to uh attack that mismatch yes because um, like that isolation and post-up attempts are the least efficient shot types and then you get somebody like kelly Oubre doing the isolation of the post-up attempt for the love of god i don't care who's guarding give him let kemba walker guard him it's probably going to be an inefficient shot attempt right um, like it, it's fine, but <laughs> right it's only good for like there's like certain guys. It's it's a star shot, right? It's the yeah. star shot, yeah. and yeah, not so everyone. The mismatch, yeah. Let him yes. work, like Luka, you, LeBron, let, whatever. Yeah, you, like you let them cook. Of course, that's how. Like Embiid, Jokic, like that's how that works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't work for like the rest of the league, basically. So it's just like, sure, let them have it, right? It's just like, go ahead. It would. It would be, it's like if, um, you know, our, our favorite Cam fam is doing it. It's like, go ahead, Cam. Yeah, exactly. Post up, post up and take a, a fadeaway mid-rate jumper. Like, I go ahead. We don't love, care. Love Cam to be doing that shit. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of those type of shots. And yeah, I don't know. And Tibbs, you're right. You're probably right with Tibbs. Because why else would Fournier be starting? 
It's it's the height thing. This is exactly what, it's why Alec Burke started last year. It's fuck, and that's why he was so mad. I don't. I honestly don't think Tibbs was like, "Oh, Kemba Walker's Walker's wash. I don't want him." Um, <laughs> he's short. In one because he's short, and he even he said it over and over about Brunson. He does. He doesn't look the part. Like, and what he means is, when I bring my ruler out and measure him, he's too short. You know, he doesn't. He's like he doesn't look the part. That's he literally means he's small. Um, which is it's ridiculous because like I mean look look at Brunson like absolutely killing it out there. Uh, I know it's it, it's so ridiculous. It's it. I don't know what Tibbs is thinking. Sometimes I think Tibbs doesn't understand like. The body, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, there's certain things where, like, certain guys, like Kyle Lowry, was so great at post up defense because, like, because he's short and has a big butt. <laughs> yeah, well, and Brunson is pretty great at it too. Brunson right. It's it's awesome the same. Like, it's so the body type. It's the way they get into the courts. The way they get into it, where it just works. And Tibbs needs to understand. Low center of gravity, you can get under their hips, and it becomes really hard to push them backwards. Right. It's the, that's what Tibbs needs to recognize, and that's what probably quickly is bulking up on is the idea of like just fucking play them and do it. Like you're not going to move them. Granted, I think quickly is worse. And by a good bit, as a post defender than Brunson, like yes, uh, but he's at least the idea. Like quickly's looking to get stronger, so like you get the idea. Like oh, he should yeah. be playing for potential mismatches. Kelly Oubre is not moving quickly. Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre isn't even going to try a post up. Right, it's just it's one of those things. But oh, okay. let's see, let's look at Kelly Oubre post up stats from last year. How many times <laughs> did he even post up? I bet. I bet it's like. 15. You know, while Dallas is... Oh, wait, no, I can't do it right now. I don't have the uh, the ad read. Oopsies. Oh, no. Yeah, I gotta pull that up right now. Because while Dallas is looking up right now, I'm delaying a really good way to be able to read the DraftKings ads, which I'm still... TBPN. To... TBPN. And I still have the late, the, oof, the, uh, the worst one, is that it? Yeah, that's an NBA championship one. Oh, boy. Um, I'm just going to have to, uh, we're going to keep all of this in. And then also mentioned <laughs> to our producers to add ad read round okay, 1630. So, so let me put this up. So NBA stats only tracks uh, post-ups if you've done at least, um... 10 possessions during the season. <laughs> Holly Oubre has not appeared on the post-up sat sheet for the last two years. He has not done 10 post-ups in the last two years. That's a that's an amazing stat. <laughs> Absolutely amazing stat. So let's get into some of the, uh, the mailbag. We're going to start off, which we've been kind of getting into, uh, Jax365, Eeyore but happy ass. How good slash bad was tonight's performance for this team, and how did the basically insert player here play good or bad? <laughs> Delete where applicable, right? The idea of like, just like, all right, fill it in. Um, yeah, we've basically been uh, covering that. It was just... I don't Also, we're... The Knicks are going to have to make a decision between Randall and Obi at some point. I feel Obi like. Obi 13 minutes is just an insult. Especially on a night when Julius was not that 
he had some good stretches, but he was not that good. Right, and it's just like at some point something has to give because they they can't keep doing it because like Obi gets on and he his ability to read the energy at Madison Square Garden is perfect. Like he just gets it and he plays off the energy well. He understand like he is so intrinsically connected for like with the basketball. Like he just understands it that well, and he doesn't get minutes. Like it's and, it's just wild to me because like you clearly see everyone is better when he's on the court. Like he's magnetic, and he's not even put. He's like treated so terrible. He's put in the worst possible position too. Yes, like um, he is not put in a position to maximize his skill set. Uh, it's been a consistent theme um, since he's been here, but he still is. He's still good. I mean, tonight he was literally, I don't know what you want from him. He played solid defense. I'm looking at the box score now. He was three for four from three. Yep. 75% from the three-point line, which is awesome for... All of those, you know, all those were needed, timely threes, too. Yeah, nine points, two assists. Um, Yeah, he only took two shots that weren't threes, actually, which is unusual for him. I thought thought he was playing well, and I also thought... Um, you know, Julius had a number of stretches. Uh, so one thing that I want to say, Tibbs ha- seems to have finally started um, dipping his toe into the pool that is uh, staggering lineups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's taken three years for him to get the guts, the bravery, the whatever it was. But it's like the worst type of staggery, do. No, I mean, I haven't minded it. Like, I don't mind having quickly come in, for example, and Cam and Kurt, and you keep uh, Brunson out there. Like, I like Brunson getting that with that unit. And then Randall was out there with that unit, too. I didn't mind that, especially if you're going to have, which I think isn't a terrible idea, Obi um, get some minutes with the starters um, while Randall gets some rest. If that's, like, your idea, I think that's, like, a reasonable thing to do. Um but you were going to say something. I don't want to. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I would say, and so going back to the Ob Randall thing. So like credit credit to uh, Tibbs for doing that. But there was one point where um, Brunson and Randall were still on the floor, but the second rest of the second unit had come in, and Brunson and Randall had this like two man game going, and Randall scored a couple, and then um, quickly brought the ball down one play. Um, it was actually two plays in a row, and uh, Randall instead of just like filling the wing or whatever um, as quickly was trying to run a play. And it was a play that you could hear at least for the first one, um, you know, Tibbs is always barking on the sideline. You always hear him yelling out the plays. Yeah. So he's calling out the play. So like he had a thing he wanted to run and Randall just stood literally uh, right in quickly's driving path, like cramping him on the perimeter. So he had no place to go and it ruined the play. And he was just calling for the ball. He's like, I want the ball. Um, And he didn't want to let the play run. Um, and he did that twice in a row, um, and and both I think on both I don't even remember what the I don't remember what the output was or the the, the result was, but it's just terror like it's ter- like you have to yes you know there were there are times when you're doing well and you're rolling and that's good, but you also have to play within the offense and like when the team is running a play, um, the worst thing you can do is. Try to foil that play. You're on yes. the team. Help the team. Don't hurt the team, right? Like, I know you want to isolate or whatever, but that's generally not the best shot. Um, like, it, I was really I was really frustrated by that. Uh, that was, like, 
I've really been I've been pleased with a lot of Randall's play so far this season. Um, but that was uh, like a, a flashback to some bad bad habits. It's we're gonna get into more Randall stuff um, as we go along with the uh, with the mailbag. So we're gonna save some stuff. Jax follows that up with a what costume are you wearing for Halloween? Ooh. What do you I'm got? Not, I'm gonna wear. Uh, a Patrick Ewing jersey I have him going as Patrick Ewing. I don't know. Like I don't like I don't have anything. Mm. So I am uh my so my partner is going as a Michelob Ultra Marathoner. And okay. she's gonna dress up as like a Michelob Ultra but with like running shoes and like so uh that's pretty funny. Um and I'm trying to figure out how to like play off that so I've been thinking about being like something like a like an energy bar or something, but like taking bar literally. And so like having a bunch of like liquor bottles in my jacket, like little, little mini, like the mini liquor shots, whatever that you mm-hmm. get. At the gas station. Um, so that like, I can just be the party that night, but we'll see. We'll see. I haven't figured it out. Fully. You should uh, just be the, uh, you should just be a, uh, a urinal that's on the side of the marathons. Yeah, a, a, one of the Porta Johns. Yeah, one of those nasty things that people have to do during the marathon. Yeah, you gotta be one of those. I didn't realize you were gonna try to tie that back in. I thought you were just gonna stop at you should be a urinal. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the porta potties, man. You gotta, you gotta be one of those. And then um, Jax That's shared the shared a nice stat with us for this tweet. Um, the worst lineup in NBA history so far. Or the worst lineup in the NBA so far this is minimum 35 minutes played. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Nick Clasting, Royce O'Neal, they're a net negative 30.4. <laughs> and he asks, um, is that bad or not? Is that bad or not? Well, yes. so it depends. Is it relative to the Knicks starting lineup from last year? Or is it relative to league average? Oh, I don't know. Just so far this season. No, I'm just, uh, yeah, just joking. Yeah, but I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so we're talking a 90, basically a 96 offensive rating and a 126 <laughs> defensive rating. 126, that's incredible. Yeah, so then he, his final question with it is, so Taylor Swift's latest album is brilliant, right, lads? I only got through, like, four songs of it. I'm, I'm currently reading slash listening a book. I haven't listened to any of it, but... To go back to the other question, I didn't. I actually didn't know that there was a new album. I just I learned that right now. Uh, Midnight's, come on, step your game up. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that kind of game. Um, <laughs> but is <laughs> I is KD washed? That's what I need to happen. I need KD to be absolutely washed. I mean, he was looking. He was looking kind of washed in the uh, in the playoffs, right? Like you kind of saw the thing. Like he just he's just using that mid range shot. Like, he's not doing anything else besides the mid-range shot. So it's just like, oh, does he not have a step anymore? So he definitely doesn't have a step. I agree. But he's such a good shooter. Um, let's see. So he's 32 points a game right now. What's his true shooting? Poof, on 67 true shooting. That's incredible to have a minus 30 with a guy <laughs> who's putting up 32 on 67 true shooting. <laughs> Like, how can you be that bad uh, with a guy who's playing, who's shooting like that? That's kind of... That's mean. that's what he gets for picking that team, that vibe, that energy. Like, this is what he gets. 
basically for like he brought this upon himself. Like I don't feel bad for him no, at all. Then um, front page Jeff follows up the Taylor Swift question, asks us who was the first Nick to listen to the new album. Oh, definitely uh, Quentin Grimes. That sounds. That actually sounds plausible. Yeah, Quentin Grimes. It's, um, it, it's going to be Quentin Grimes, then Mitch, then uh, and probably Deuce. Yeah, Quentin Grimes and Mitch. Those are good answers. Those are really yeah. Good. That seems right to me. Um, so going back to the Halloween question, because <laughs> <laughs> it's really important. I just realized that a brilliant, a brilliant costume, especially if you're in, you're in New York, would be to be Kevin Durant's foot on the line. Just go his foot on the line. That would just be awesome, and every Nets fan would be so mad. Um, I would appreciate that. Um, Wack asks us, how much more of this will it take before Doug admits I was right about Randall and fully bends the knee? People don't forget. Um, what was he right about? Or what was the... So here, here's the thing. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. I'm assuming he probably said something like believe in Randall or Randall's good or or Randall's going to regress to the mean in a positive way. And I was very doubtful of it. And I'm just going to say it's, it's only been a few games. The, uh, they're not losing, which is kind of helps kind of like delay a potential inevitable. Cause we need to see what happens when they start losing. How are they going to respond? How are they going to bounce back? And Brunson is also a pretty good, like, stabilizer for everything. So, like, he's going to... He's just not going to allow certain things to happen. Which you kind of saw in this game, too. Like, he's just... He's just like, no, I'm taking over. I'm making these shots. I'm taking these shots. And you can't argue with that because he's doing it. So... So that's going to help a lot. I think that will help out Randall, which will be inherently a good thing, but the Knicks still need to make a decision between Obi and Randall at some point in the near future, I would say. Like, they, they picked up both his him and Quickly's options for next year, but, like, they're going to go into year four, you know, as restricted free agents, and, like, we still don't have an idea of how they are, like, can they actually ramp up their production for starter minutes? Like, it's it's insane. Yeah. What would you feel, how would you feel if Randall and Obi were both getting, like, 25 minutes a game? So they basically split the power forward minutes and then uh, got an extra minute here or there. Th- that would potentially work. I feel like that makes more sense in terms of, like, kind of, like, team success. It'd be the same thing with, like, Mitch and Hartenstein, but, like, Mitch is clearly showing how much, how important he is. So, like... better than Hartenstein. Yeah, so, like, in the beginning of the season, because it's, like, I didn't know what I'm expecting Mitch. I knew what I was getting out of Hartenstein, so it's, like, oh, okay, just, like, basically split the minutes with them, and whoever's playing better, whoever's not in foul trouble, give them more. But, um, yeah, I don't don't need any more games to know Mitch is legitimately in shape and just, like, he, he... He's he's legit. Like it's it's it looks like old Mitch, and if it's like, and if old Mitch is going to return stronger, basically like in shape, fat Mitch is going to return to like f- somewhat fast Mitch. It's yeah, like he's good. It's good. Like it's we're fine. Mitch made a turnaround jumper tonight. I know that's he what I'm saying. Turnaround jumper. That was I. I mean, it was ugly. 
but that disgusting. Was, that was uh, that was fun. That was that was a delight. Yeah, like I know people are talking about like a Randall redemption, but like no, this is good. turning out. This is turning into a, a Mitch redemption right now, and it's looking beautiful because he is he's a force. Yeah, you can't st- like you can't stop him on off on the offensive boards. Like you really need to like gang up on him to get any sort of position on him. And like if the uh, if the defense is going to focus so much. On potentially getting in position for Mitch, like that's going to have a ripple effect throughout the season. Like it's going to have long term benefits. So, like, but yeah, no, it's it's the Mitch, the uh, the Mitch redemption, not the uh, the Randall redemption. That's and it. go ahead. No, that seems right. I agree. I was I was listening to Schwinn and uh, Sam the other day, and they were both talking about like not they're not they said they says like we're not going to make any pronouncements about Randall until like. He's pl- at least two months, you know. Like, yeah, that's. I think that's kind of right. Like, uh, he's been so up and down. Like, four or five good games. Well, I guess we're at four now. Four good games uh, with some ups and downs. Yes, with no real uh, adversity. Uh, adversity yet. Mm, t- nah. Let's let's wait on like pronouncing it a Randall redemption. Um, he, ha- I'm not gonna not gonna knock him in a lot of ways. He's been pretty solid. I yes. think. I think he's done well, um, but yeah, not calling it a Randall Redemption yet. Well, hopefully other teams think it is, and then maybe he has some more trade value. That'd be cool. Yeah, there's still... <sighs> the whole Randall thing just really just, at least to me, like freaks me out because of like so much of the... Uh, there's so much uncertainty. Yeah. And, that, and I don't like the uncertainty where the swings are that high. Like... There's for right now, like there's uncertainty with like quickly, like quickly shooting, for example. Mm-hmm. But he's really good at like reading the floor and getting rebounds and pushing the pace and playing defense and stuff. Where I go, okay, he's that's fine. I can deal with that. Oh, can I give you? Can I give you an Emmanuel quickly comp after you finish this? Yeah, and then I was gonna say like, and then I would say Barrett last year not this year Barrett's defense is concerning but like last year some like shots weren't falling he was inefficient but he was playing defense and doing like those things so it's like it's it's a unfortunately this is where Tibbs is right where like you don't have to shoot well to play well and Randall is doesn't really fit that category (laughs) basically like he needs to feel like he's shooting well in order for him to play well and that kind of in that level of uncertainty is very scary very scary yeah. for me at least for me if i was running a team i would just be like i i would stay away from those type of guys well and also tonight i was like just like a guy who doesn't really know his role because like at the end of the game and i could i mean i think tibbs was okay with it which concerns me about tibbs but like randall was trying to take some possessions and be the guy on some of those possessions and i'm like yes. man no 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 like clearly brunson was first of all brunson was incredible uh um, yes Defer to him. Let him initiate the possessions at the end of the game like that. You can, you know, play around quarters one through three. <laughs> but yes. when it comes to the last five minutes, I really want the ball in um, Brunson's hands. He's just uh, way more calm, cool, collected. <laughs> and I, I just trust him to make the right play in a way yes. that I don't trust Randall right now. Um, yes, that's exactly it. It's just let Brunson call whatever play he wants to call. Trust him. If he thinks you deserve the ball, he'll find a way to get you the ball. We, we we're we're seeing that 
which is really nice right now. Like we saw, especially tonight, like he was just like, "I'll get you the ball." And he great passing performance. Yeah, and it's just like he'll do it. So it's like just trust him. RJ Randall, trust Jalen Brunson. He knows what he's doing, and if you trust him, it's going to make you guys better. And that's what like those two really need to start sinking in to their heads. Like, sure they have the pay, you know they have the the salaries, the all that sort of stuff. But like we're kind of seeing like this is Jalen Brunson's team. Like it's kind of early. We're just like it's his team. Yeah. Let, let him let him run the show. Yeah, especially especially at crunch time. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, especially at crunch time. Yeah. Who was your Emmanuel quickly comp? Okay, so short Lonzo Ball with knees and half court shot creation, <sighs> like self creation. I don't know if quickly has the. Uh... What's making me think of it is I think Emmanuel Quickly right now is looking like the best. What I don't know about the best, but like one of the top couple of transition passers in the NBA. Okay, um, and it's not that he's like making these. Not I mean, some of them are great reads, but he's not always making like just like whoa, mind blowing reads. But he's just incessantly pushing it and just getting. Okay. Like, he's getting like so many assists in transition. It's crazy. He's just pushing the pace, and he's he's like playing like young Lonzo Ball in transition. And then he's offering great team defense. Now, he's way shorter than Lonzo. Um, but his team defense has been awesome. And then where he's been struggling, um, he's he's offered some self- shot creation, right? But where yeah. he's struggled a little bit, I think, this year has been um, some half-court creation, which is where Lonzo also has had troubles. Now, I think IQ has a higher upside by far there. Um, mm-hmm. And he can create his own shot better than Lonzo can. Anyways, I thought it was kind of kind of a fun, fun, fun comp. It is interesting to think about, right? Because you're what you're doing is like you're you're comping a player, but like the player comping to has like such a distinct weakness mm-hmm. at one thing, and then also like one of his strength is like he does it in such a highlight way too that like it's yeah. top of the top. So when you say quickly ball, you're just like, well, he can't pass in transition like Lonzo Ball, but transition is. A multitude of different things, yeah. but Lonzo has the highlight factor with the passes because the passes are there. Yeah, but like they are kind of equal in terms of pushing the pace. Wouldn't surprise me if quickly actually gets like does is better in transition than Lonzo. Just less, yes, less because high-level. yeah, because he can make the shots. He's not doing them right now, but like you, there's more faith in like oh, Manuel quickly is going to make the shot. Yeah. Like to me, it's like Lonzo could pull up from anywhere and just be like. Okay, man, pull up. He did have like a year or two where he was shooting crazy from three, but yeah, but he was doing that off like catch and shoot. Yeah, that's a lot of it was that for sure. Yep. Yeah, like his his last year, he shot forty two percent. Yeah, like he yeah, like he makes his open shots. He's he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Yeah, forty two though. That's that's a. That's high. Yeah. Then uh, young Pavardi asks us, "Why does Wack hate women?" And I'm not. I. I don't know where that I I know where that's coming from, but it's just like I, I no. No, we're not doing that. I'm pretty sure whack is very much Yeah, we don't that's next. Yeah. Not funny, Schwinn. Not funny. This is serious business. We're talking Nick's here. We're talking Nick's here and you're talking about like jokes. Get out of here. Alright. Bushy asks us out of the next two home games against Atlanta and Boston, which would you rather see live at MSG and why? 
Was, what, was, what was the person who asked us? Who was the person? Bushy. Bushy. I don't know if I know. Listen, Bushy, just come. You got to hang out in the Discord, man. Yeah, absolutely. I I love the Discord. So much fun. I love talking with everybody. It's, it's great. Um, it's clearly Boston to me. Wait, it was Boston. What's the other one? Atlanta. Oh yeah, Boston. Yeah, I just the history, right? It's not just like the history; it's just like the you know the the all the rivalry with New York and Boston, all that. Like it's always just it's more fun. I care so much more about beating Boston than I care about beating Atlanta. Yeah, like, I don't Atlanta because like fuck Atlanta, but like I'm gonna be Boston because they're like the my fucking nemesis. Yes, yeah, like it's Deep hatred for Boston. Yeah, like you gotta beat the Celtics, like. It's probably the most important. Like those are the most important games. You got to beat Boston. Like if you don't beat the Celtics, I, like you can miss the playoffs. I'll just be like, <laughs> you went. <laughs> we went four zero against the Celtics, and it's like I win. Yeah, for sure. That's a fun question, though. I like that. That's good. It is, but yeah, I think the energy is just going to be better against Boston because it's just, it's just how we are. We might get some fuck Trey Young uh, chance going though. <laughs> no, I, I don't care. I don't. I just don't have the care. I don't care enough about that. Like, yeah, like, no. The Hawks. Everybody was talking about them like they're the next big thing. Uh, yeah, I never really saw it. And like now, what are they? like? I don't know. But like the Celtics have been good for a long time. It's almost like it's not quite the same, but it's almost like how uh, I grew up as like a Buffalo Bills fan, as like just the Patriots beat us every fucking year. Plus, and Boston fans suck. Yes, Boston fans suck. And so, like, when you finally are good and, like, can beat them and you can... Oh, it tastes so good. Because they just don't shut the fuck up. They're the worst. Yeah, and they act like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world if they, like, oh, we only made the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. Oh, you're like, you... Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why beating Boston's always better. Okay, our next question is from Franklin Chubb. If you found conclusive evidence that IQ and Obi were prolific serial killers who are triggered every time Obi plays more than 17 minutes, would you A, alert the authorities immediately, or B, wait until they are no longer next? Um, frankly, because there's no statute of limitation on murder, you obviously will until they're off the next. I'm sorry, Drew. I'm going to have to report you <laughs> and over the top and to the, to the authorities. <laughs> what? It's like, what? There has to be a reason why Obi can't get 17 minutes to get more than 17 minutes. Yeah, all right. If it, this is, if this was the reason I'd be like, all right, I'm sorry, Tibbs. I get it. I get it. Would you? I don't know, man. No, I get it. But we don't know. Okay. So here's, here's an interesting way. Here's an interesting one for you. I'm going to put you... Actually, no, we're not, I'm not doing this on the podcast. Never mind. <laughs> you, know, you know how I know, though, that it's not true? It's because Tibbs is m- literally married to the game. Ball is wife for him. Yes. Uh, he does not put other people's lives ahead of winning individual basketball games. Literally, preseason basketball games to him. He would... I guarantee you'll point out any fan in MSG any night... <laughs> And you ask him, like, they're going to die, but if they die, you get to win the game. He's like, it's a preseason, it's third preseason game, meaningless, doesn't matter, we're playing, like, the oh, yeah. Wizards. He's like, oh, done, kill him. Kill him. He's, 
He's fine with it. I'll do it myself. Well, speaking of Tibbs and uh, killing people, now we've seen the team play a few games. Are you pleasantly surprised slash disappointed by anything and what and what changes would you make to the lineup slash rotation? That's also from Franklin Chubb. Hmm. Um, what changes would we make to the rotation? Was the question? Yeah, like what are you pleasantly surprised with? You know, with the rotation, would you make any changes? That sort of thing. I don't know that I've been pleasantly. Su- I guess I'm pleasantly surprised. Th- a little that Cam, like that Tibbs gave Cam a chance. It's giving him a chance, yeah. Yeah, um, wrote, and letting I, him and letting him play through the Cam famness. Yeah, yeah. Because like, because there are times where you're just like Jesus Christ, like because it's sloppy handle, but then he makes the amazing defensive play. Yeah, yeah. He's had, he has had a number of just ridiculously uh, <laughs> bad plays. And then a number of plays where they're so ridiculous that you're like, there's nobody else on the next who could come close to Yeah, him. no, yeah. It's it's the camp fam experience. Yeah. He's totally worth investing in, though, and giving time. Um, especially in a year like this, which, like, we're good. We're a little bit better. And maybe, we'll, maybe we make the play in. Maybe we even make a low seed. Uh, I'm not sure there yet, but we'll see. Um, uh, uh, but... It's not we're not winning anything, and we have right. to definitely be building. And the way you build is by giving guys like that chances and see. Like if he turns into a very good rotation player at his size, that's highly valuable. Um, even if it's just like you know this sort of like three and D attack closeouts, be a transition guy and play great defense. Like if he ends up being that, which he's still got a ways to go to get there. But if he ended up being that um, and could give you playoff minutes at that height and with his athleticism, I think, man, that's like such an amazing find. Totally worth a first round pick. Um, yeah. Our buddy uh, Tyrese said if he could just turn into, I forget what it was, just like uh, like a poor version of OG Ananobi, he would be, you would have a long successful NBA career. And he's like, well, he's, Tyrese isn't wrong. Like, that's what you could do if you're yeah. Cam. Like, just turn into that guy and you will make cool. all the money. Who is the most boring, like, like if boring pl- three and deep, like if you could give him like Robert Covington's mindset. Yes. <laughs> like his brain, like <laughs> then, and with cam skills, you would, yes. do it, or Danny green. Yeah. You need something. Yeah. Cause oh like Danny, God, yeah. just incredible God of a basketball player. Yeah. Cause Danny green would be like, if I just had cams like ability. Yeah. It's, he just, but that also brings a good point too, where like, he's so extreme, he, he probably isn't going to make it, but given the current season, why not just give him all the Fournier minutes? Because what if it, the 1% chance actually pops, right? Like, what if it just does? It's not actually affecting the entire thing. You have quickly, you have Grimes, you have guys who can back up and soak those minutes up if he's cam famine it up with the loose handles and stuff but like give him a shot man like he he does things you're just like oh shit so i have a thousand percent in agreement about giving him a shot i don't think i'd give him four minutes i don't want him starting for the following reason um it, I think, you're not gonna conv- you're not gonna convince me i'm telling you that right now i'll let you say your argument okay, okay. well it's but not you're not convincing me i don't want Fournier starting either but I think, <laughs> I, I think Cam is actually in a better position on the bench because if you look at the starting lineup, um, Brun- so Brunson was really good as a passer tonight. But yes. if you just are using like 
previous play and to look at the starting lineup, you look down the line and other than Julius Randle, you have four average at best to below average passers um, on the team. And really Julius Randle, even though he's above average for his position, he's not really very a very good passer full stop, right? I would, dis- I would disagree a bit on RJ Barrett, but fair enough. I mean, so RJ has all the skills, but he doesn't have the decision making. He misses so many passes. Um, he like if he if he would actually uh, instead of like the if you were to describe our um, our offensive tendency in a start in the starting lineup as a whole, it's the desire to go. I mean, they'll go one v three, one v four, yeah. one v five, one v seventeen, one v thirty. They don't care how many guys, and yet it still works out because they're all really for the most part pretty good isolation or like individual scorers and yeah. so you it, it's ended it's ended up being decent but you have so little uh, like guys finding shooters you have that happening so little in that starting lineup or kicking it out so i actually think part of like i think evan fournier is better than he's played um but he's actually in the starting lineup um just underutilized because nobody can freaking find him on the perimeter and he's open a lot and his great skill is being this really good knockdown shooter so you want to get him the ball especially when he's open so he can do nothing but hit those shoot shots right or yeah um uh but just like is julius hitting him not really maybe out of a dho is rj hitting him no he's no. been going 1v3 is mitch finding him what Mitch will for sure. No, no, Mitch is not, yeah. <laughs> is not making those passes. Right. So outside of, you know, Brunson is, you know, tonight looked pretty good as a passer. I thought, I thought this was his best night. Maybe this was his best night, but yeah, his best. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I have not watched every Dallas Mavericks game that he played, so I can't, you know, but he often makes very safe passes and often doesn't make like it's one pass away. They're safe. And he score first. But tonight, he was making passes that were not always safe, that were leading to easy buckets, that were like, yes. made a skip pass um, at one point to Fournier uh, from like all the, all the way across the court. That was an awesome pass. And then Fournier, uh, had, there was a tight closeout and he pump faked and drove to the rim and tried to lob it to Mitch and just gave him a terrible pass. I don't know if you remember this play. Oh, I remember this play. Why do Mitch ended up getting the collecting the ball later and then dunking it. But um, it was... It's like, it's 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 not the point. (laughs) Yeah. But so I don't want Cam in the starting lineup because I think basically what's going to happen is he'll never touch the ball. And his just really, you're not going to get the development you need. But the second unit moves the ball so much better. They do with the ball better, yeah. And I think it's a better ecosystem for a guy like that to be learning in. Um, He's getting open threes he's getting opportunities to attack closeouts with the defense shifted and i just don't think he's going to get as much of that in the starting lineup um i the one thing that's going to be interesting is you're right that this team doesn't kick out yeah enough yeah i do wonder though if like who would they be willing to pass to cuz it <laughs> does become an interesting thing where like are they missing the reads, or would they rather not kick out? Yeah, like tell tell me this. That's a, it's such a great question. Would you rather Jalen Brunson take a contested mid range like little floater jumper, or kick it to RJ Barrett for a three right now? Like, 
Right. So, like, I do Eight think... Eight shooting it. Right. So, like, I do think some of that is going on. Could be potentially going on right now. But, again, that's also... That's, like, that one of those where, like, both the coach and the players really do have to come together and just, like, clear your heads and, like, get the shit sort of done. Like, you gotta make the pass. Yeah. Even, like, even if you're just, like, crap. Like, Fournier's flailing and fouling around, you know, fouling out and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to kick it out to him, but it's like, no, you do. You have to kick it out to him. Like, either you're not seeing it or you're ignoring him. To be like, it's it's reaching that kind of level. And both are concerning in different ways. So it's just like, just pass the ball out. If you're going to miss the shot, like, that's fine. You're doing the right play is contagious. Yeah. So, yeah. like, constantly doing the right play, it there's almost like this energy that brings you in just like, it's going to work out for you. Yeah. If well, you, if you do things right. Yep. And then what's going to happen to you is even if they're not hitting shots, like you draw a tough closeout, you pump fake, and now you're attacking against a defense that's in rotation. Yes. Um, and that's awesome. And that's how you get guys easy shots. I mean, we're really, it's funny. This I don't feel like the starting lineup, um, I'd have to look at the numbers, but I don't feel like the offense has been too bad um these first few games there are times it's not been great um but it's funny they don't get almost any easy shots almost everything is um you know uh it's contested it's something it's something tough and but the good part about the offense is the fact that like jalen brunson making those shots does lift everyone up because it's like oh he's gonna make it yeah like he like he just reads everything right where he goes, okay, I'm just going to get to my shot. No one's going to stop me. And he makes it. So it's like, oh, shit, Brunson's, Brunson's there if we need it. Basically, so, he's like that type of Mr. Reliable. So but yeah. like, so the rest of the guys, gotta, you got to step up. You can't just hinge everything on him. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, right now, uh, let's see. The league average, well, uh, not average, but the... Uh, so the 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 best well let's say this the best offensive team in the league net rating is one twenty two point six right now okay and the middle two teams fifteen and sixteen are one twelve basically and the worst team is <laughs> the Lakers at ninety seven uh, <laughs> is atrocious okay so our starters in forty they've only played forty four minutes together the the starting five um, their offensive rating is one hundred and seventeen point seven that's really good. Um, that's well into the top half of the league. Um, that would be the, let's see, that would be the fifth best offense in the league, which is actually what our, we are the fifth best offense in the league, according to net rating, but then their defensive rating is where it's real. So that's crazy. Cause it's all mostly uncontested shots. Um, but the defensive rating is where, uh, they're terrible. It's a 124.4 defensive rating with that unit. So minus 6.6 net rating, um, <laughs> so still small sample, but it's not looking promising in my view for that starting unit, especially since we've played it mostly bad teams outside of Memphis so far. Yeah, and that stat was brought to you by DraftKings. That's right, guys. I found the proper ad read. NBA <laughs> fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA 
money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Oh man, that's that's a lot of money. That's like 40 times as much money, right? I think I got that uh the math right on uh on that one and then check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same gay part. Same game parlays go to DraftKings Sportsbook app opt in and place a stepped up same game parlay today and with bigger payouts than ever DraftKings Sportsbook is where to go to bet in the NBA then what you got to do is the call to action which is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use the promo code TBPN make any $5 bets this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code TBPN. Minimum agent uh, restrictions apply. See notes for details. 1-800-GAMBLER for all your gambling stuff. So this, this ad read is proof to me that people are terrible gamblers. Because this is a freaking fantastic deal so i know that people have to be so bad at gambling for this deal to pay off for DraftKings. like people must just like squander that 200 dollars um over time because that's a pretty that's that's a lot of money that's pretty you're you're betting against bots at this point though right yeah well so that's kind of the uh they're fine with doing it because like there's probably some sort of like cent- uh, this is a conspiracy uh, theory. Me, there's probably like some sort of centralized botting thing that allows DraftKings to win the money, but you know, like they're constantly winning the money type of thing. So, what's the uh, and what's his name? Uh, what's the what's the guy who was a a joke and part of the Dallas Mavericks for a while? He's out of the game now. Valgo, whatever, whatever his name is, you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Uh, he's got like a really long name that I don't remember now. Doesn't matter. All right, far far off the mark. Ass. There, were, there were like twenty articles written at one point about how he's like the greatest gambler of all time. And then, are you talking about Bob? Whatever, yeah, Bob, Bob Vulgaris. Vulgaris, yeah, that's it. Oh, you're talking so, about the guy who won, who Rohn's name? Vulgaris. Oh, you're talking about. Oh, you're talking about. Yeah, you're talking about the Bill Simmons guy who became the Mavericks like nerd guy and was like, we need to get Porzingis, and then yeah, yeah that worked out uh, for him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Far off the mark ass has two questions for us. Am I a hater for still wanting Julius gone? No, you're just a you're a skeptic. Yeah, I'm and fine. you you'll become a hater. I don't even know. Here's the question: What type of faith do you have if Randall is playing like this for the entire year? I still think it's a reasonable thing to want to trade him for the right sort of package if you're going to be... Because if your view is like, look, I think just like Obi long-term is better, and I think Obi's the guy to grow with the team. So I think if that's your view, and you just think like... uh, So let's say you're the front office, and you're like, all right, Tibbs, we're keeping him. Uh, Let's say that's the front office's decision. (laughs) And so they're like, he will never play Obi over Randall. We know that. 
So if we think Obi is the future and we want to commit to him, like I can imagine thinking, okay, so let's trade let's trade Randall, even if he plays like this the whole year. Which, in fairness, like he's not been like this crazy amazing player, you know. He's been right. he's been much better I, than he was last year, and he's been yep. decent. Yeah, um, it's like it's he's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's the best way to See, that's what I'm kind of with you at. Just like that's the decision they kind of need. I don't know if it's really almost like a Randall question at this point anymore. Like the way Obi has handled all these specific situations now where like he's not being put, he's not, they're not highlighting his skill set. He's not getting minutes. He's an older rookie. He's doing all these things and it doesn't matter because whenever he plays, he goes out there and just plays his hardest plays to win. It doesn't matter. Like nothing is phasing him. So like, he has that vibe where it's like, you got to explore it. And I I feel like if you're a team, like he's, he's someone you could maybe should try to stay, like try to take from the Knicks. Yeah, for sure. Like if, like that's like, I feel like that's someone who's to be looking for if they're not going to do anything with Randall. And it's like, I don't know what they're going to do. Yep. Like something has to give. And I don't know when that's going to be. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.